Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host Rob, and joined as always by my good friends Joe and Duff. Ahoy! Minute one, two, three. Oh, that's how elementary. Oh my god! And uh, it's you're, uh, you're editing this one, Rob. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is minute one twenty-three, and we are joined. Uh, by uh, Heart of the Ocean. It is Wednesday. We're joined by uh, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN and Puck Soup. Welcome, Greg. Oh, it's great to be here. This is a podcast that likely has a lot of minutes and episodes. Yes, and a lot a lot we've already done, obviously, and still 62, more no, than 72 an hour. more after this. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. Almost, I'm almost two-thirds of the way through my probation. This <laughs> <laughs> is community service. This is, uh, I will never admit it was a bad idea, but sometimes I think it might have been. Somehow it idea. seems like even more minutes than it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, minute 123, uh, in this minute, uh, Rose uh, That's also goes, the number of times uh, Jack says the name Rose in this minute. <laughs> so, uh, so, that's a good segue, um, because uh, all this week I've been keeping track, so... What, what do you guys think the number of uh, Jack or Rose name utterances is? It's less than the other two, I think. 60 seconds in a minute. I'm going to go <laughs> I'm gonna go 320. All right. Go, I'm going big. I like it. I'm going to uh, say, say 69. Huh? Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, the getting, that's the sex number. Part of the movie. That's the sex Jesus. number. Jesus. <laughs> Five was what I was going to say, Duff. <laughs> uh, for what, though? For Jack or Rose? Uh, combined in this minute. Oh. Uh, well, you're all wrong. Okay. <laughs> there are uh, three Jacks and six Rose. Nine in this one minute? Nine times? Yes. Nine I was times. I had one number right. Oh, yep. my God. Do, do you, uh, we've mentioned this a little bit, Greg, but do you know about there's a Titanic drinking game where every time they say Jack or Rose, you have to take a drink? Whoa. <laughs> Which, that's, so, that's uh, imp- well, you know what? It's a, That's an interesting drinking game in the sense that you're going to be pretty good for about, what, you figure like an hour and change? Yeah, yeah like at least this, 45, 50 minutes. Not this even, is like, where around. stuff really gets hard. Yeah. yeah. When uh, we start running around and flooding and freezing and – getting handcuffed yeah that's really when that's really when the, the hard the hard boozing starts yeah uh little little known fact uh the first acdc frontman bon scott died playing the titanic drinking game <laughs> <laughs> so so jack has just told rose that she needs to find help and i would be pretty frustrated if i was rose here right like you just did a whole lot of heroic things and you came down here on your own, and you actually found him. You know, you remember the directions that Thomas Andrews gives you, and then you get there, and they're like, "Yeah, you, 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 you need to find someone else." This is like if you're playing a video game and you do a fetch quest, and your yeah. reward is another fetch quest. <laughs> <laughs> great. If you could just go talk to them across the room and help me out, that'd be great. 
Um, I, w- I wish she just did a, a thing like uh, Jerry Lundegaard in Fargo, where she just walked into another room and stood there for a little while. <laughs> and she's trying to find help. That's Had probably what I would do. <laughs> oh, man. I love Fargo. Um, I just want to know what his plan was insofar as fetching, uh, quote unquote, help. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, who's helping at this point? And in and, and, and what manner? Yeah, especially because it was a, a set of handcuffs that I'm wondering who else would even have a key? Yeah. Is there like a Russian strongman in steerage that they were <laughs> dancing with who can come up and bend the pipe? Like, well, what was we, his plan exactly for get help? There, there's this guy with really long sideburns named Logan. He seemed like a guy that could get this done. I mean, we did see, we do see that guy run by who goes, Nyet, Nyet. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I was hoping he would get brought up, but well, uh, Duff, that's you in this movie for sure. <laughs> I, I saw him lumber by. I was like, oh my God, it's Duff. Yes, except I speak English, and that's just me covering that I don't want to get involved. But the running gate is very similar. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, um uh Jack does say after she goes off, he does say like, you know, I'll wait here. Yay or nay to that line in this moment. We're uh, you know, we're pretty critical of the James Cameron script. I, I actually think it's funny. I think it's funny too. I think James Cameron has sort of a a very low key and bizarre sense of humor. I think that like you saw it in T2 and Aliens, maybe most of all. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some yucks in those movies. Well, and and, and I think too. here, like, yuck. Oh, there's, well, there's, I mean, it's got Tom Arnold, for God's <laughs> sakes. You know there's yucks. <laughs> but, like, I feel like yucks aren't exactly in, in uh, you know, in high order here on, on, on Titanic. So moments of little levity here and there, I think, are welcome. And in this moment, which we know is, as we all as an audience stand on the precipice of, thousands of lives lost i'm i'm okay with it yeah i i actually uh agree because it's pretty tense and having like that little moment to sort of like let the audience like let out a little you know little giggle though we keep you know as she like perilously like is in like uh belly button deep water running around um i think it's worth it also Running around in that dress, no less, too. That's a real pain. Well, it's all floating around. It reminded me, reminded me of the scene in Suicide Squad with the Joker and Harley and that vat where just the color starts spreading all over the place. That's her dress. It's like she's just a giant flotilla walking around the bottom of the, of the, of the Titanic. I, Rob, Rob hasn't seen that, so he'll have to imagine. Well, then you're the lucky one, bud. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to force him to watch it. Like Don't. I for- like Why I would for- you be so cruel? I forced Joe to watch it, and I'll force Rob to watch it. <laughs> it's, you're, like, you're like the girl from The Ring. Yeah. Just starting to <laughs> spread the virus to everybody to get the curse off of you. So here's my thought about the joke in here, is that what if he didn't actually mean it as a joke? Because this is like something oh. I would see happening. It's like if someone like a telemarketer calls and then you say thank you to them like you know like i do because i'm horrible in any social situation you're midwestern yeah but i'm just like you say something totally dumb and maybe it it just came out as a joke like maybe he's like jack is spending his last hour on earth or not hour last like half hour on earth just be like god i can't believe i said that yeah exactly (laughs) which i've spent about 40 percent of my life thinking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like Jack, it, Jack basically didn't know what to say. He's like, "Oh, okay, later. I'll, I'll be here. <laughs> Thank you." 
I told another coach thank you a lot last night <laughs> nice. instead of thanks a lot. I was like thank you a lot, and I spent the whole bus ride back with my team just thinking like I'm the dumbest person. Yeah. In the whole world. See, and I am. So you're saying that if 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 he had said to Rose, you know, good luck finding an axe to break these handcuffs, and she was like, you too. Yeah, that'd be the yeah. same exactly situation. Yep. I don't know why I said you too. Yeah, because um, really the. The alternative is I'm imagining like uh, when Indiana Jones and Short Round are cornered in that that room with the ceiling going down. He's like, "We are going to die." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you you mentioned the dress, Greg, in the script. Uh, this is it's in the script oh, when no. she's uh, going up the stairs to the D deck. Uh, the script says Rose splashes down the hall to a stairwell, going up to the next deck. She climbs the stairs, her long skirt leaving a trail like a giant snail. Oh, the yeah. weight of it is really slowing her down. She rips at the buttons and shimmies quickly out of the thing. Hell yeah, uh, she does. And all I could think of, we've mentioned Fargo and Suicide Squad and Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom so far. I think of, and maybe I'm wrong in this, but isn't there a scene in Hot Shots Part 2? <laughs> isn't there a scene in Hot Shots Part 2 where, like, someone like some guy's hurt and then like the female character just like rips some of her shirt to like like give him a tourniquet and then everyone else like oh my leg hurts too and she's like, keeps, <laughs> like ripping more of her shirt and pants I, I swear it's Hot Shots Part 2 but I started doing searches for it and I was like this isn't getting anywhere at all <laughs> here's what bugs me about this minute Oh, I've got you know spare keys not all of them look the same, you know? Like, some of them are, like, brass colored. Some of them are chrome colored. Yeah. They both open the same door. But her awful investigation of that key cabinet is just like, they're all brass. Can't possibly be one of the keys. Wouldn't yeah. you try them? Well, I mean... <laughs> time, so that... is, time is of the essence here. Yeah. Time think... for her to run around and wade through empty hallways? Like, well, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't want to spoil which what seems happens. More, which seems more hopeful to you, that, that maybe the key is actually in there or that she'll actually I... find help? As a viewer, I would rather have what we see instead of someone, someone like, trying dozens of keys on, like, a janitor's key ring. Well, like, you don't have to have <laughs> it in real time. <laughs> uh, but James Cameron would do it in real time, Joe. I, I think what you're saying is that um, given the alternative, which is running around a ship aimlessly looking for help that's not there, the alternative of trying the keys in the room would be better. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think they looked in that room very thoroughly. Like, <laughs> I get it. I get it for movie logic. It's just... This this comes back to the video game we thing we said. Like, if it was a video game, you would have picked up everything and inspected everything to make sure the clue yeah. wasn't in the room. Looked under yeah. the flower pot. Yep. So Rose is running around on D deck, and can we talk about the fire things that are on the wall? Now, those were were those. What are those? Because I thought those were like megaphones. Are they not megaphones? <laughs> okay, I'm glad you said they this, Greg. Because do look like them, yeah. Okay, I'm gl I'm glad you said this because I've. I did research and figured out what they actually are, but for the longest time, and when I say the longest time, I mean until like today, I thought, <laughs> I thought like this in boats maybe, or in 1912 or something, that like the way fire alarms worked is they. Come on! <laughs> is you would just grab. 
he would go run to these he would run to these red megaphones and you'd pull them off the wall and then shout fire into it. <laughs> like, a, like a signal fire, like you yes. yell and then someone hears like, Oh, better yell than go to the next one. <laughs> you and, idiot. But then by the by the end of the message it's totally garbled and confused. Yeah. It's like Tire! Tire! <laughs> uh fire and someone has a big butt. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I honestly, like, I was like, God, I guess that's how it worked. You just would, you know, oh, there's a fire, quickly, sound the alarm, and just someone just ran and just <laughs> shouted into <laughs> it. Starts going, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, instead, what they are is they are um, they're, uh, extinguishers. Oh, come on. I know. And. Which they don't look like that. Like I said, they look like oh, megaphones. Oh, so they're they're kind of like uh, the things you can put out candles with the snuffer, I think. Uh, no, God, <laughs> no. You, are you kidding me? <laughs> Just pylons that you put over the fire and go. I hope that goes out. <laughs> if it's a very small fire. When it, at the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, they just tried to find a giant cone to set on top of it. It doesn't let in any oxygen, Joe. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm imagining. I can't believe you mentioned the Triangle Waste Factory fired more than once. In That's the come show. up a few times. I think. <laughs> I'm imagining like, like just a boredom of people being like, what if we just put megaphones around so that they could scream fire next time? Well, well and that's why, you know, <laughs> as she's running around looking for help, like, I thought there were megaphones. I'm like, pick up a damn megaphone. I yeah. thought like, the same be, exact thing. It'd be so much more effective than just going from door to door. Like, you could totally announce to the entire deck, hey, there's a guy who's handcuffed. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, here's another thing. If you're a passenger on the ship uh, and you're like, I need you to go down to the prison and get, take this guy who's handcuffed down there out. You know, like, yeah, that's true. Like, if the you people were, don't if, know who he is or what yeah. he did. That means you have to be on the megaphone even longer, being like, you don't understand. He's, he's a nice a, guy. He's a nice guy by controlling fiance. <laughs> No, so they were having cognac and... Okay, let me start from the beginning. So he's playing poker in this bar. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, they're they're fire extinguishers. And then I tried figuring out what fire extinguishers they are. They are the Minimax cone-shaped fire extinguishers. And so the way they worked, I found an old video of someone using one of these. Whoa. And you flip it upside down. And then you like hammer the pointy part into the ground, like what? knock it against something, and then that breaks the pressure. And then out of the uh, out of the cone part, like the big cone part, just liquid shoots out of it, hmm. like <laughs> or silly string. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't know which one you're gonna get. That's part of the fun. <laughs> That's the part of the fun of the mini max it, cone. It's either fire retardant chemicals or gasoline. <laughs> you never know. That is no more ridiculous than my idea that they very slowly <laughs> snuff out the fire. <laughs> so I, I will accept my apology, please. No. That's, that's like but ours saying, is a joke. <laughs> that's like saying like a, like, a, like a flood prevention would be just a big old straw. <laughs> well, Everyone grab a cup. <laughs> Can you... Um, Post like share a link to that video that you found. Yeah, is it on YouTube or something? Uh, yeah, yep, I can find it. Is it the old timey right, yeah, sure YouTube you of the day? It, it is. It is. It's all old timey and grainy. So, 
Um, Are you sure it wasn't like just a silent film and this was a gag that you were seeing? I'm <laughs> not. Like a... <laughs> was there a guy with a little mustache yeah. and a hat and a sh- is, and like shoes that were three sizes too big? I, I thought it was weird. I thought it was weird that Buzzer Keaton was doing these ads. Yeah. Well, I figured it was yeah, I paid a paid advertisement. Yeah, Harold Lloyd showed me how to do it. <laughs> It's probably just footage from Williamsburg in 2018. Uh, oh, yeah. Brooklyn was bringing, wearing it as a hat or something. <laughs> there was a small candle fire they used to put out. Put out yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, we actually have some uh, POV shots here from Rose. I know we yeah. mentioned how the iceberg was a character earlier because we see a POV shot of the iceberg's uh. perspective. But we also get one of Rose here. Yeah, I thought it was sort of it was that it was that sort of Spielbergian thing of 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 awe as she sort of runs up to the camera and then we sort of see her uh, face and then we see her POV looking down this hallway of wet death. Yeah, and uh, and she's like, I ain't going that way. There's too many desks floating there. <laughs> yeah, too much. And then she looks the other way and it's like, well, there's less desks but still water. And then she decides to go up the stairs. and there's also like i just the random things that are like in the hallway that like apparently the steerage people were just like "Ah, i'll take this now i'll leave this (laughs) i got halfway out with this drawer and i decided i'll just leave it (laughs) i had a note about when she goes up the stairs like i I know that when you're dealing with dark hallways and, and where this movie goes as far as the electricity and everything like you gotta light the scene somehow. I always had a problem with when uh, anybody's going up the stairs and the water is below them on a different deck. It's always like overlit, like like a like a swimming pool at a at a motel at night. I thought the water looked a little little a little funky there. It's it's that's from the electric heels. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mention that because I when she's coming up those stairs and you kind of look back, I was kind of thinking like there should be a Titanic themed. Like a uh, hotel that like this is the way the pool works, where you like you like God. come down there because it does look like a pool. <laughs> like uh, oh, that's this, how you get down this, to the pool. It's in the e deck. This also goes back to how like crystal clear, pristine the water is, and I still wonder if that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Greg, we've discussed in the past. Where the where pub. is all the dirt and coke cans? <laughs> uh huh. Right. And the fish. And the fish. And the uh-huh. fish. Uh-huh. I feel that. <laughs> They're in and those... also and, and the entire septic system of the of the ship. Yes. The water oh. is crystal clear. The water looks like she's she's stranded in the Deer Park distillery. Uh <laughs> like she's It is the purest mountain spring water that she is wading through. I just love the idea that we're watching this flick where like uh, James Cameron profited off the deaths of hundreds hundreds of people and our first thought is, but what about a theme park? What if we made a <laughs> A theme park about this gigantic honking tragedy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how many, like, so uh, we're all located in the Midwest, and even, like, even within, like, a, like, even within 500 miles of where we are in Wisconsin and Minnesota, there are, like, this summer events happening where there's, like, Titanic dinners where people, like, dress up in the period and like go and like have the meals that like first class had before like it's crazy why are we doing that in like iowa and wisconsin it's cold out. why are we doing that at all oh yes 
but yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with your point. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, it is ridiculous. So I think that theme park would do very well. It would. <laughs> I, well, I saw. I remember going to a, a, a it was like a Lego uh, festival or something at a convention center near Washington D.C. Once uh, I was working for a newspaper and had to cover it because that's what people want to read. <laughs> and so, uh, I there was a Titanic. Like somebody, some Lego artist created a Titanic with Legos and. You know, I remember the person I was with was just like, that's in poor taste. I'm like, why? And she's like, well, because so many people died. Look, there's people falling off the Lego Titanic. <laughs> I'm like, God. but you you watched the movie, though. And she's like, yeah, but the movie was good. I'm like, what? <laughs> that Lego <laughs> thing looked pretty good, too. You could apply that same logic to Schindler's List. Right. It's just like, oh, the movie was good. That's yeah, like, good but, Joe, if someone made, like, a concentration camp I'm attacking with Legos. Her logic. <laughs> I know. I'm not saying, saying it's bad and worse, not worse. <laughs> I I do know that this was a while ago, but there was a guy like one of those guys who makes really elaborate Lego sets or places or whatever and he did make a uh Auschwitz Lego set. What? Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, this I I'm afraid to google it now. Don't. Auschwitz well, Lego set? Don't Google it, that. I mean, well, this, it, was, but this it, wasn't like a set Lego sold, Rob. <laughs> this was some guy made it on his own. Yeah, and it doesn't matter anymore because somebody actually placed a Michael Fassbender Magneto figure uh, near the Auschwitz Lego and just tore it apart. <laughs> oh just ripped it to shreds. <laughs> Should have rethought making those metal Legos, but no. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, does any... <laughs> Does anyone else have anything for this this minute, minute 123? I don't think that's it. Uh, well, well, Greg, we always ask our, our Heart of the Oceans um, for their Titanic story. So what is the what was the first time you saw this movie? Uh, I was uh, in college at the University of Maryland, and I saw it at when uh, Union Station still had an AMC movie theater, and it no longer does. I saw it there, and I remember I went there. Uh, I forget. I, f- I feel like it's because of like the timing of the movie worked out for me. It wasn't a theater that I normally went to, and um, you know, I, I remember when it came out. It was like the buzz was horrible for it because of the budget overrun, yeah. and, and all this stuff. And so, you know, expectations had kind of been reset. And I, and I remember when it came out, like there wasn't a sense of it that it was going to be anywhere near like like a one one hundredth of of what it it turned out to be as far as its success so um i remember going and being really blown away by it like you know i'm, I'm sort of a uh an, an easy lay when it comes to crying at movies so i remember weeping a bit mm-hmm. and uh and i remember really liking dicaprio and and i was sort of really blown away by the production design and and uh, and all of the cgi trickery that made this whole thing happen and and just like it kind of reminded me of of November Rain, uh, where the first part of the movie is very romantic and sweeping and epic, and then you know Slash starts wailing on that guitar <laughs> after the uh, after the iceberg hits, and you're just like, man, this is great. Uh, and and uh, and that and then it, it was that. I mean, like, yeah, it's super sad and there's a lot of death, but boy, when he just cranks up the uh, the anarchy in, in in the ship breaking, it's just like it was like wow. And, and it was funny because, like, you know, this formula was then applied uh, to, like, the disaster movies that came in its wake, like 
Armageddon, I think, would be a good example, and and, mm-hmm. uh, and movies like that where they they went for the the humanity of it and, and tried to establish these characters and these relationships, and then when it all goes to hell, you're supposed to feel terrible about it. Yeah. But I mean, no one's been able to repeat the formula like like Cameron did in this movie. It was it was like the perfect setup where even through a facile way you cared about these characters, uh, and then when you know all hell broke loose, you're like you know, actively caring about the fates of these people. Uh, Duff, I figured you must have fainted for that November rain analogy there. Yeah, I, two things I was going to say. One, you're speaking my language with the November rain <laughs> analysis. And now I'm imagining that the final scene of Titanic is uh, like Axel at that grave, except it's Rose at Jack's grave, just crying. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but if you sync up Use Your Illusion 1... <laughs> To the, the, the second uh, horn blowing on the Titanic before it leaves its dock. Uh, it's almost perfect. God, someone's uh, going to try that now. Uh, just be warned if it's Use Your Illusion 2 and you have to hear my world. <laughs> right, right. Um, but the, the, That's the part was... when it hits the iceberg. Right. Yeah. When, when you get to a strange, there's actually dolphins swimming through the bowels oh, of the ship nice. like in the video. Yes. It's crazy great. So I was going to... Uh, I was going to say about disaster films. Do we know, has it, has it ever been found out? Do you think that Armageddon was changed in the wake of the Titanic to have more of a romantic story? I, I, I was, I wonder about that. It's a good question. Cause it's what, like six months later, seven months later. Uh, yeah. Like Titanic or yeah. Titanic came out the end of 97 and then Armageddon was uh summer of 98. Yeah, oh, they. I'm almost. I'm uh, sure they were done too, filming by the time that came out. It yeah. does seem like it's something where they could have cut it a bit more, and maybe like, let's face it, that dumb animal cracker scene yeah, does seem like, like a reshoot. All yeah. the ro- yeah. all <laughs> the romantic stuff could have been done in post. It wasn't a lot of effects. It's like, all right, play with these animal crackers. We're gonna put in an Errol Smith song. <laughs> what do we have laying around the office? Thought there's yeah. some animal crackers. Do something with this. Right. Uh, God, that was one of the most bizarre scenes I've ever seen in like a big budget movie. Like, yeah. it, it's supposed to be sexy, I guess. Right. Somewhat. So one of the one of the fifty five screenwriters for Armageddon saw <laughs> uh, saw uh, uh, nine and a half weeks once and and remembered food seduction. Yeah. And they're like, well, what could we use? Oh, I know, animal crackers. You, you know what would make it better if it was a children's food. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, animal crackers are to Armageddon as butter is to Last Tango in Paris. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Like what? What? What would be playful to use in this seduction scene? Like gogurt? No. <laughs> I guess we'll use animal crackers instead. <laughs> uh, look, I bit its head off. <laughs> uh, you also mentioned the, uh, the the effects on this. I know uh, I've I've previously heard you, Greg, on Star Wars Minute, and like you compare like you compare. Uh, Phantom Menace, which is, you know, two years after this, and like yeah. the effects and how it looks compared to this, and you're like, I don't even understand how this is older. Like this seems so much better, and the effects are so well, they hold up so much better. They they do, but I think at the end of the day, it's like it's the same thing with Jurassic Park. Like the and and Phantom Menace to a certain extent, like this too, where it had to be a combination of practical effects yeah. and 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 more. I mean above all else, practical sets uh, than creating everything inside of a computer. And, and, you know, on the Star Wars Minute, like, 
going back and, and unfortunately revisiting the, pre, the prequels, like you see that the, the quality of the Phantom Menace as a film, I mean, it ain't good, but no. it's better than Attack of the Clones because yeah. at no point in the Phantom Menace does it feel like you're watching three characters walking on a treadmill in front of a green screen, yeah. which is how you feel half the time you're watching Attack of the Clones. Nothing in Titanic feels flat. It feels all three-dimensional. Um, and, and, the, and the work and the craft that went, that went into building this environment and, and making you feel and giving you a sense of place uh, was without question. And, and again, like it's such a great and interesting sort of house of cards. And, and, uh, and the way Cameron has done these things in the past is, as far as establishing a sense of place, whether it's the claustrophobic feeling in Alien where you know they're in a room and you know the aliens are above them and stuff when they're coming through uh and, and you know t2 when they're in the office building and things like like there's always this sense of of setting up the the environment and then allowing you to be a part of it and, and then having the action kind of take place in that space and in titanic the brilliant thing was laying out the ship the way he did and giving you a sense of every single place on that ship and then when it all goes to hell now you're revisiting these places and, and they all they all look like nightmares, you know, because they've all been destroyed. Yeah. And uh, and it's just it's a brilliant it's a brilliant move. And, and I think it really kind of uh, increases and it amps up the, uh, the, the the terror at the end of the flick. Yeah, I think that's that's well said. Yeah, I I I co-sign on all of that. Uh, one thing going minute by minute that I've uh, come to appreciate more is that sense of space and just always knowing where you are. And I, I, you know, I struggle to think of a movie action or otherwise that does it better. Uh, I would put this up there with Die Hard yeah, in die terms hard. of, yeah, in ter- that's excellent, in terms of, excellent call on that, yeah. in terms of giant spaces that maybe you're not familiar with going in. I mean, obviously everyone knows it's a ship, but yeah, really building out and conveying the class structure and the levels and how the ship breaks and you know one end versus the other and what was happening. Well, yeah, and that's that that the brilliant decision also to have that schematic scene at the beginning of of the movie. Oh yeah, Lewis. I mean, because because the, the 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 crazy thing about the, the success of this film and, and and making anybody feel anything anything about it is you know what happens i mean like it, yeah. it, it it's 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 an inevitability it's it's not like inglorious bastards where all of a sudden you know two soldiers are going to go in and shoot the titanic uh <laughs> you know like um and and so to have that scene in the beginning that that kind of spells out exactly how the ship went down and then you revisit it in real time later on in the movie was just i thought a, a, a masterstroke of of uh, of you know setting them up and knocking them down yeah yeah i, I agree um, does anyone have anything else on Titanic as a whole, Greg, or anything else? I love I love Titanic. It's one of the reasons I want to do the that, show. That's, that's awesome. nice to hear. I, well, it's true. I think I think it's a movie that, for whatever reason, it became sort of uh, uh, fun to bash it and fun to knock its quality. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with James Cameron, and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with how much people didn't like Avatar. And I think there's been sort of a downgrading overall of of, of Cameron's work because of it. Um, but this is, I mean, as far as as cinematic experiences go, and as far as like the promise of a film and the execution of the film, I mean, I, I, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. I think it's one of the best movies ever made, and I think it deserved the reaccolade it got. And uh, and and it also, I mean, it it com- maybe it comes through as cheesy now through a modern lens, but man, that 
they stuck the landing on that romance. So they <laughs> they yeah. casted it perfectly. Winslet was great. Uh, DiCaprio, maybe catch, catch me if you can is the only other film where he's more charismatic than he is here. And uh, and I think the the movie, I mean, granted, you're you're gonna either buy in or not buy in based on how you feel about the central relationship. But I bought it. And it felt real, and I thought they pulled it off, and and that's sort of the linchpin for everything else that happens. But from a, from even if even if you don't go with, you know that the movie as as being successful from a narrative perspective, or you hate the script or whatever, from a sheer technical standpoint, my God, like oh yeah, it's it's I'm mean, I'm still in awe of what he was able to accomplish on this movie. Yeah, I kind of think it's gone from being you know when it first came out and was like the busy, busy like the biggest thing in the world to you know when it was probably overrated to like I feel like it's underrated and I think time will be kind to this movie uh, as you know we look back at it at I mean we're at twenty but you know to get to thirty and forty years because it yeah. ages well it does it's it and it's got that doomed romance that you know is going to be th- something that will carry through to every generation uh, where they'll, where they'll they'll discover it and you know. Obviously, when Avatar 2 comes out, Cameron will be back on top of the world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because we've all been waiting for the further adventures of the of the Navi. <laughs> um, so, you know, then it'll all boomerang back. That's right. Uh, Greg, do you want to let our listeners know where they can read or see or hear more from you? Sure. I'm the senior NHL writer for ESPN. So you could read my stuff on ESPN.com. If you just head to the NHL page, uh, we have about like, five or six things to go up each day. I have two podcasts. I have ESPN on ice with Emily Kaplan, which is sort of a straightforward hockey one uh, that you can find on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. And then I have puck soup with Dave Lozo, which is probably like 30% hockey uh, and then 70% not hockey. Kind of like how this uh, podcast is 30% Titanic. Right, exactly. (laughs) Kindred spirits. And so that's also available on iTunes and, and we do, we do the occasional uh, live show too. So, uh, uh, do check out, uh, you know, our uh, pucksoup.com is where you can find those dates and find the old shows as well. I and mean, we, we have like hockey guests and then we have hockey adjacent guests as well. And it's a fun time and it's vulgar. So just keep that in mind for <laughs> the future. See, Rob, you can swear on podcasts. <laughs> uh, Greg, this is a lot of fun. Thanks a lot for, for yeah. coming on our little Titanic Minute show and, and, and talking about this movie. No, it's my pleasure, and I am uh, super happy to do it, and uh, I, I support all Minute Podcasts. I think it's a super, super great uh, innovation, and uh, as a guy who uh, d- drives for a bit here and there, it's just fun to consume them in one one big binge. Although, I, I mean, I'd have to probably drive around the world twice to <laughs> do yes. yours yeah. in a binge. You'd have, yes. you'd have to be like that astronaut lady with the diaper. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. That's our, that's our key demo. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, boys. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks a lot. And yeah. uh, listeners, we will be back uh, tomorrow with uh, Minute 124. Oh, <laughs>